you're self-sabotaging is not something to feel bad about. It doesn't mean you're less than or broken. It is a literal, natural human defense mechanism. It is your brain keeping you safe, trying to help you survive. And it's not your fault. You are not broken. However, it is still your responsibility because your life is yours and yours alone to fix. The Happy Healthy Human podcast will help you build your happy, healthy life. Your host, Paul Levitin, is a board-licensed health and wellness coach, nutrition coach, personal trainer, and behavior change specialist with over 10 years of experience helping people create positive life change. Each week, he discusses topics that will help you understand yourself, why you do the things you do, and how to take steps to create the life of your dreams. He talks with experts from therapists to addictions counselors, coaches, trainers, CEOs, financial planners, and more. If you've ever wondered how can you become the best, happiest, healthiest version of yourself, you've come to the right place. If you've ever struggled with self-sabotage, you've come to the right place. And if you've never struggled with self-sabotage, well, then you're probably just delusional and you're still in the right place. This episode is part one of what is going to be a six-part series all about self-sabotage. If you've been listening to the show for a while, or maybe even you came across me speaking on another podcast and that's how you got here, there's a chance you may have heard about my slump methodology. Slump, S-L-U-M-P, is an acronym that I created that outlines the five human tendencies that I've found lead to self-sabotage across all humans. Self-sabotage is often a topic of discussion on this show and on a lot of the shows that I guest on because I truly believe that self-sabotage is at the root of literally everything negative that happens in our lives. And over the next five weeks, I will break down the slump system piece by piece with a new episode series releasing every Sunday. And I've done plenty of episodes already about self-sabotage, like episode 88, Taking Extreme Ownership, or episode 86, Facts versus Feelings. So I encourage you to scroll back a bit to those and check them out if you haven't yet. Or even if you have listened to them, go check them out again because this stuff can't really be overstated. When I say that self-sabotage is at the root of everything negative in your life, I do mean everything. Because all of the information is out there. All of the answers to all of your questions can be found. I mean, hopefully we agree on that since you're listening to this on a device that could have, in the time that I've already been speaking, given you an answer to any question that you have ever imagined. A lot of times people lean on a lack of knowledge as a tried and true excuse. However, if you're being honest, you can't really use that anymore. I mean, the internet exists. And if the internet weren't enough, we even have AI now that will answer questions better than some humans can. There are no secrets. The cat is out of the bag. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish, there is literally a step-by-step guide ready and waiting to walk you through it. So then the question becomes simply, why aren't you doing it? When I say it, I mean anything. Whatever it is, there is something that you want or you say you want, but you haven't done it and you're not taking action towards it. Maybe it's being healthy, going to the gym, 
maybe saving for the future, maybe working on your mental health, maybe starting a business. It doesn't matter. Question is, again, why don't you have it? And put simply, it's because something is getting in the way. It's obvious, right? So the question is, what is in the way? And again, it could literally be anything. Often it's a variety of things. It could be any of the old tried and true faithful excuses of not having enough time, not having enough money, not having the support you need. But here's the thing. Whatever it is that's holding you back really isn't nearly as important as you might make it out to be. You have to zoom out because excuses will always be there. Search for an excuse and you will find one. What is important is the distinction between internal and external issues. Because everything that affects you in any area of your life exists in one of two places, either internally or externally. External things are things like your boss, the traffic, your job, the government, your partner, your kids, the economy, whatever. It's anything and everything that exists outside of you, outside of the border of your skin. Anything external is at some level outside of your control. You might have control over your kids or your subordinates at work to some extent, but they are still unique human beings who control their own bodies and make their own decisions. So you might be able to tell them what to do, but you literally can't make them do it. And you don't control the economy. You don't control the government. You don't control anything but yourself and your own actions. So the internal is the exact opposite. Internal starts and ends with you. What can you do with your literal body and your literal mind that you have complete 100% control over? When it comes to creating change, creating success, creating happiness, creating anything worth creating in your life, you have to have a level of honesty with yourself and admit that it is the internal, not the external, that's holding you back. You can place blame wherever you like. You can say it's not your fault, that you can't do anything because of X, Y, or Z. But as long as you maintain that stance, that your problems are caused by something outside of you, you will stay stuck because you do not have control over those things. The only way out is through. The only way to change is to realize that nothing is getting in the way of your change but you. And once you can admit that, then you're ready to actually begin. And this is where I start my course called Quit Quitting. It's a course that I use to teach my students how to break out of cycles of self-sabotage and start building their purposeful, passion-filled life. And the contents of that course are pretty tremendous. But I've decided that I'm going to release it all here on this show 100% for free. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to give all of the same info that I give my paying clients that people have paid me literal thousands of dollars for. Now, that is a 10-week course, which does include video modules, Zoom calls, coaching, worksheets, forms, activities, and a bunch of other stuff. So obviously, for this format, I'm going to have to condense it a bit. But the message, the meat and potatoes, remain the same. And that's why... As I mentioned in the beginning, this is actually going to be a six-part series with this episode being part one. So self-sabotage is the enemy. It is the root cause of all of your struggles, your pain, and your discomfort. And 
the reason that self-sabotage becomes dangerous is because when you self-sabotage too much, what you end up doing is quitting. And quitting, as the course name Quit Quitting implies, is a habit that we really need you to break. We need you to quit quitting. Quit quitting on your goals. Quit quitting on your dreams. Quit quitting on yourself. Because quitting isn't simply giving up like some loser. A lot of people say, well, I'm not a quitter. But quitting takes many forms. Quitting can just be straight up quitting, but it can also be working out so hard that you burn yourself out and you can't keep up with that pace and you end up giving up and quitting. Quitting can be saying, you know, I'm so overwhelmed. I have too much on my plate. I can't do this right now. I'll try again in a few months when life slows down, which, I mean, we know that life never slows down. Quitting can also simply be saying that I'm just not going to try. And all of these forms of quitting stem from self-sabotage. And that self-sabotage leads to you quitting on your goals. Who made you work out so hard that you burned yourself out? Who took so much onto their plate with so many other responsibilities that overwhelm and stress became so crippling that they had to quit? Who decided that the change was too hard and that it wasn't even worth it to try? Only you. And that's why all of this boils down to self-sabotage. And this is important because as the old cliche goes, consistency is key. We hear it all the time. Quitters never win. And it's kind of true. It's pretty hard to win if you take yourself out of the game by quitting. Consistency is key. And this can be stressful for some people because so many people struggle with consistency. But it can also be relieving to note that it is simply the consistency of staying in it, of not giving up, the consistency of not quitting that will eventually lead to success in any area of your life. And it doesn't mean you have to consistently be perfect or consistently crush every single thing on your to-do list. It's just consistently showing up. But you can't do that if you quit. So if the name of the game is to stay in the game, we have to figure out, what are you even playing for? What's the point of all this? Some people call it finding your why, which is still my most popular episode ever, episode one, all the way, way back when and years ago. So you can go and scroll all the way to the bottom if you've never listened to that one. However, it goes a little bit deeper than your why. I want you to think about developing your passion and your purpose. What is the thing that lights you up? What is the point of all of the struggles that it is going to take to reach your goal? This is going to be hard. There is going to be struggle. What is going to make that worth it? What are you willing to sacrifice for, to scrimp and to save for? What is going to be the light at the end of the tunnel that makes you say, this is something that I refuse to quit on? Because at the root of what we're talking about is change. Again, the details are up to you. Some people have fitness goals, financial goals, relationship, family, professional. And they might seem like all wildly different topics, but it doesn't matter because what we're talking about here goes deeper. We're going to the root, and change is at the root of everything. All of those other things, like losing weight, saving for retirement, getting out of debt, those are the results. Those are the fruit. There's a saying that says, change the root, change the fruit. And that's what we're doing here. You don't need to focus on the details if you can master the deeper level, level stuff. The fruit 
will change itself. Change is the root. And change is, unfortunately, one of the hardest things we can do. It's hard. It sucks. No one wants to do it. This is literally, scientifically, psychologically, philosophically, physically all true. We resist change. But to understand change, I break it down into a three-part loop. Three parts. Awareness, education, and action. I call the A. EA loop. Awareness is the first step of change. I mean, maybe it could even be step zero since you can't change something you aren't aware of. You can't fix a problem you don't know exists. It's pretty straightforward. And for the purposes of this conversation, awareness comes from those first few minutes that you just listened to where I talked about self-sabotage and quitting and internal versus external. Maybe before that, you didn't realize or connect the dots that you were using external excuses for an internal problem. Maybe you blamed others, you blamed your circumstances. However, now you are aware that you can't fix a problem that exists outside of you. This doesn't actually change your situation, but now you can at least move forward being aware of the problem at hand. Awareness, however, also doesn't necessarily educate you. You are now problem aware, but what do you do about it? You might know that you are suffering from some form of self-sabotage and that you have to solve the problems inside of you and that if it is an internal problem, only you can solve it. But now what? And education is the next step, and that's what fills those gaps. Education is learning what to do. It's learning how you get from where you are to where you want to be. It's building your roadmap. Still, education does not create change on its own. If it did, as I mentioned in the beginning, the internet would have solved all our problems because it has all of the answers. Think of education like filling your tool belt. You're giving yourself options to deal with the issue at hand so that when you're ready to deal with it, you can act. Education will help you sort through all of the noise that's out there as you start to understand the problem and what you need to do better. All of this is, however, only as useful as it does help you lead to the final step, which is action. You have to take that awareness, take that education, and then actually do something with it. You have to take action. Changing your habits, your routines, doing the diet, lifting the weight, cutting your spending, having the tough conversation, whatever it is, action is the goal. Without that, All of the awareness and the education in the world was just mental masturbation. However, that doesn't mean that those previous steps are unimportant. They're all actually equally important because you can't get to action without first being aware and then being educated. And a lot of people try this. They try to just skip right past jumping straight into action and they end up falling flat because they aren't problem aware because they don't understand what steps they actually need to take. So these three steps, awareness, education, action, are like legs of a stool. Remove any one and the whole thing falls over. And then when you do have all three, it forms a loop. Because once you have awareness, you get educated and you take action, you end up right back at the beginning, becoming aware of something new that demands your attention, something new that you want to change. And then the process repeats itself again and again, and that's life. 
So remember, this is about change. Change is the root that affects all of your life. If something is going good and you're happy with where you're at, then you're golden. If, however, you want something different, that means that you want change. Scientifically, change is initiated by stress. A stress on a system initiates change. And without stress, a system will remain at rest or equilibrium. No stress, no reason to change. No stress, no change. And again, this is not just me ranting. This is literally the science of change. When I was studying to become a personal trainer over a decade ago, I learned about what is known as general adaptation syndrome, or GAS for short. GAS is a phenomenon discovered by Hans Selye, an endocrinologist whose research revolutionized how we understand stress and change in the body. And the way GAS works is like this. A system being, a system can be a body, the human body, it can be weather, a system is just a system. And a system exists at equilibrium meaning it's just chilling, it's just existing. So your body is at equilibrium when you're just hanging out, you're living life, you're surviving. Then all of a sudden, something changes and creates stress on the system. Say you're sitting on your couch and you hear gunshots popping off all around you. Your immediate instinct is time to run. Running creates stress on your system. You're going from just sitting to now your legs are moving, your blood is pumping, your heart rate is elevated your brain is pumping out hormones. There's a lot of stuff going on. So this is the first stage of a stress response. It's known as the alarm phase. This is when a literal alarm goes off and forces a body out of equilibrium into change. It, this takes resources like energy, like hormones, you know, adrenaline is pumped in the body, but all of it is for the reason of creating a state of equilibrium again. The second stage is known as resistance. This is as you're taking off and running, running is hard. You went from equilibrium to, you know, chilling on the couch eating Cheetos to now you're in an all out sprint running for your life. Running is much harder than sitting on the couch and your body isn't always up to that task. And at this point, one of two things can happen. One would be exhaustion. Exhaustion would be your body is trying to keep up with the demand. It wants to keep running. It wants to keep pumping your heart at the rate it is, but it's unable. Your muscles get tired, your energy gets depleted, and you literally can't keep up with what you're trying to do. You end up collapsing, falling on the floor, panting. And if this was an event where you truly were in danger with gunshots, that probably wouldn't be ideal. Or instead of exhaustion, Maybe it's the 4th of July and you realize that those weren't gunshots and then they were fireworks. Now your body can actually calm down and return to equilibrium. That's more ideal. Either way though, your brain is smart and your brain can choose to learn from this whole ordeal. Your brain is always looking for patterns. So if this happened once, it could happen again. So say you were trying to run and you couldn't keep up for as long as you wanted. Your legs got tired. Your heart was overexhausted. Your brain learns, hmm, in this case, 
when I need to run for my life, I need to be able to run longer. I need to be stronger. I need more energy. And your brain might then use resources to create more muscle. It might build your legs a little bit stronger. It might build your heart a little bit stronger. And this is how exercise works, right? You push your body past its limit and your brain adapts by making you a little bit stronger so the next time that limit is farther down the road. But what does all of this have to do with self-sabotage? Well, the point is that while gas, general adaptation system, syndrome, and this theory were discovered studying hormone actions in the endocrine system, this is also how change works in every level of life. Change is hard. It's energetically expensive. The body and your brain would like to keep things the same at equilibrium because we are always conserving energy in the case of something like this. In the case that you have to run for your life, your body wants to have as much energy as possible. So change only happens when absolutely forced to act by a stressor. And if a stressor is large enough to force you to act, there can be a positive adaptation, which is growth, either physically or mentally, or there can be a negative. It could be burnout. It could be exhaustion and eventually quitting. And that's how life works. Stress, as I'm using it in this context, is anything that tries to change the system. It can be positive or negative. Stress is anything that tries to take the system out of its perfectly balanced state of equilibrium. So exercise is stress, work is stress, meditation is stress. Anything that creates change is stress. Change is stress. However, change is also inevitable. Change is happening all the time, no matter what. So the challenge is that we want to create positive change. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to guide ourselves to. Because the world is changing around you at every moment. Your body is changing every year as you age. Your bank account is changing. Your job is changing. Your relationships are changing. And all of this change is all stress on the system. So the question is, if you're going to work to create the positive change that stresses the system in a positive way, you're trying to create positive growth, or if you're going to let the destruct destructive stress create destructive change that's going to wreak havoc and slowly but surely break down the system. And to be clear here, I know that analogy got a little diluted. The system is your body. It's your life. This is what you're up against. This is reality. You know, there's a cliche in fitness that's like, it's you versus you. But I think that's outdated because it's you versus human nature. It's you versus the physics of change. It's you versus biology. Human nature, the nature of life is to survive. And every decision we make passes through the primitive lens of, will this make me more or less likely to survive? And survival happens at equilibrium. Since any time you're taken out of equilibrium, it takes energy to get back into it. And energy is the currency of life. You literally can't survive without it. Therefore, wasting energy is tantamount to deliberately lowering your chances of survival. And your brain doesn't like that. Change equals less energy equals less chance of survival, equals avoid at all cost. That is what your primitive survival brain is always thinking. And your survival brain also has a negativity bias. 
seeing negative things more saliently as it has an external locus of control, which means that it places blame outside of you so that it doesn't have to try to change those things, right? Oh, if, if it's my fault, I can change it. But if it's not my fault, if it's the government, if it's the economy, if it's my wife, it's, if it's my husband, I can't change them. So, you know, now I can just relax. Again, to your brain, all of this makes sense because your brain is trying to conserve energy and survive. But in practice, when we're trying to build a happy, healthy life, this is far from ideal. But again, this is the reality of what you're up against. The deck has been stacked against you by millions of years of evolution. You're playing a game that you have literally been set up to fail from the beginning. So your self-sabotaging is not something to feel bad about. It doesn't mean you're less than or broken. It is a literal, natural human defense mechanism. It is your brain keeping you safe, trying to help you survive. And it's not your fault. You are not broken. However, it is still your responsibility because your life is yours and yours alone to fix. So if you don't have everything you want in life, that's okay. But you can change that if you can just get out of your own way and stop self-sabotaging. That's why this is the first step in the change loop. Awareness. My goal today was simply to pull the wool from over your eyes and to get us speaking the same language so you can hopefully decide to come on this journey with me. In the next installment, next Sunday, I'll introduce the S in the slump method. S stands for shoulds and supposed tos. So if you're in, make sure that you're subscribed to the show and subscribe to the Happy Healthy newsletter, which you can click in the show notes so that you can get notified when part two is released next Sunday. Or if you're someone who doesn't want to wait and you want the entire quit quitting course, how to build your purposeful, passion-filled life, along with the video recordings, the worksheets, the toolkits, and everything else, then send me an email to paul at paullevitin.com with the subject self-sabotage, and I'll get you set up. That's all for this week. Be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss a beat. Support the show by sending this episode to a friend or leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Stay happy, stay healthy.